say you only have a 14 inch pot, okay? And you want it nice and full, and you want different heights and sizes. If you buy four three gallon pots, you're not gonna be able to fit all those plants in that 14 inch pot. So it is important to vary your pot sizes. And a lot of the growers have started doing things to help you achieve the mixed container successfully. So this is a one gallon container. It might be, this is a good starter plant for a 14 inch, but they also grow some with a flat side. Okay, so this guy, when you tuck in a large container, eventually all those rounded edges, all that soil fluffs off, but with this flat side, it fits perfectly on the edge of the container. So look for these, and I, you see I have different sizes of them. And I also look for like the little terrarium plants, like the little two inch, four inch. Try to vary your sizes of color if you're gonna like really try to do a mixy mix container so that you can easily fit them in the vessel you intend to use. And that way you can get more plant material to the edge and more color popping out at you. The other thing is people if you have a front porch, that front side might get full sun and the back side gets shade. So it's perfectly okay to have the front with sunny plants and the back with shady plants. We tend to think, you know, all full sun and we're gonna rotate that pot. But if that pot is a concrete urn, you may not do that. And if you know the back side of your container is shading out and dying out, just go with it, know its conditions, and you can put some begonias and other shade-loving plants on the backside. And if they're all complementary in texture and color, you're gonna have great success. And you're gonna enjoy it looking out of the house just as much as your neighbors are looking into the house, right? So that a lot of people don't think about, but that's one of the top questions I get is, why are my plants dying? You know, I rotate the pot, why are they dying? Well. Maybe you're not rotating enough, but do you need to rotate? Maybe just put shade on the back and sun on the front. So think about your conditions. It's kind of like a mullet. Party in the front, no. Business in the front and party in the back. <laughs> so another thing, uh, after COVID and everybody shut down, I noticed, of course, that hit right in our growing season of spring. So this is when I'm most used to working three or four jobs staying busy 24 seven. And I had to kind of reel that in and do the stay at home order. And it was very challenging for me. So I found that I was buying more fresh flowers from the grocery store and enjoying them in my kitchen. So that's another component that I want your viewers, your listeners to think about. Um, you can buy flowers for yourself. Your spouse doesn't have to buy them for you. Every time I get a bunch of roses, I say, hey, Jim, you bought me roses. So I picked them out and I put them in a vase. Those are things that um, plants you can really enjoy at home. And the other thing, obviously, we did not have guests in our parks when we were shut down. So all that pretty color eventually had to be pulled out, not knowing when we were going to get to reopen. We filled those beds with things like ground cover. So green, like massive green beds. Um, mm -hmm. And at first it kind of broke my heart, but then when 
I saw it going out. It was quite beautiful. It simplified the landscape for a little while. It was calming and it looked great. So don't think that you only have to have color. Green beds of like a mass planting, you know, if you grow one thing really well, repeat it and do it in mass because a mass one cultivar can be just as beautiful as a mixed container and it can evoke a different emotion. So I don't know if you're like me, but when grass is cut, I love to look at the lawn after it's been cut, right? And it's all flat and consistent. So coming into fall, I think about ryegrass. We can grow a winter grass now, and it has a different texture than that St. Augustine. It's a beautiful green, and it has a really fun feel. Mm -hmm. So you grow ryegrass, which growing seeds are really rewarding. This is a simple one that you cannot mess up. And you can simply grow some ryegrass in a pot and then stick it in, say, a rattan um, hanging basket. Oh. So you have like a very simple green and you go out there with scissors and trim it. How zen is that? I mean, uh, you know what? If you are looking for a fun, um, I'm always looking for like a fun hostess gift or a neighbor gift since we're just still meeting neighbors. Putting some ryegrass in a Ziploc bag or a cellophane, cellophane bag of some sort with a cute little note that says plant me, you know, and give some instructions. How fun. You can add fresh flowers to it. So it's kind of like a landscape slash interior project, which you and I know we love to use plants that way. We bring them in, we bring them out, we, we spread them all over. So that's another fun one. Um, the container choice, you can also incorporate the color for your design for the season with the container. So let's see, I've got some great ones here. Blue is a fun color, it's a coastal color, and you can't go wrong with blue. So this um, ceramic pot, you could put something green in here. It doesn't have to be color. You could use the color of the pot to evoke that feel that you wanted. Um, another one is galvanized. So galvanized is still very popular because of that farmhouse feel and all that um, kind of earthy um, feeling and we got rope here. This is galvanized, but I've also seen um, the pot distributors selling plastic containers that look like galvanized. So you could very easily buy, say you can't find that, you can buy this black pot and spray paint it that galvanized metal. And that could give you the same look. And that kind of looks like a fall look to me, having a galvanized mixer basket. It looks very gathered, like you've gone out into your garden and just gathered is what galvanized reminds me of. And I always liked the um, farm to table kind of look. So having the um, berry basket, you could put some in this, you could do some seasonal color in this, and you can cluster your containers. And where did you find those? I have not seen those. So where did I find these? Last year 
end of the season for Christmas, like in January, when everything's like 70 and 80% off, this yes. is one of the stuff. So I, you know, I'm always hunting for takeaway gifts, the right size container, or a 10 inch container. And I know it's deep enough. I can get some fresh flower oasis in it, or I could do live plant because typically a one gallon pot is going to be my guide for a gift. So you never want the pot to be too squatty. So you see this one gallon pot fits here. And if it was one nice, I mean, really, that's not much investment, about four to six dollars for a one gallon blooming plant. If I put it with some paper and this, I have the perfect gift. I love that. That is so fun. And I love that, that basket. I'm going to have to keep my eye out for that one because you could add a scarf. You could even add like a pretty scarf to it. Um, a nice, you know, you can never go wrong with big fluffy bows. I, I mean, it, ribbon has come so far since you and I were in the florist at Mississippi State and the acetate stuff that we had to use. Stuff was awful. We also have some fabric. So another way to kind of dress the edges, say the container's too big, you can simply take some sheeting. A, um, I also look for shower curtains that I love the print. If those go on sale, those are things you can easily cut up and dress the inside of that pot so that the fabric's going out the edges to put that container in. And I love that both, we were, Linda was um, saying earlier that our parents are, we're basically the same parents, just in different locations. Um, but her mother enjoyed sewing, um, and my mom enjoyed sewing. So that's we totally totally connect on the on using fabric to help enhance. And you're not covering up the the fact that you have a beautiful um, plant. You're enhancing the fact with another texture and another, and it's just adds a, one more element of surprise and intrigue to it. So it, I noticed at the big box stores, um, a lot of people like to use uh, um, hanging basket. So here's a small example. So you have a little chain with a cage and this has cocoa mat, but once you've grown it one season, you have to fill it with something else. And these frames are very wide, so it would be difficult to get sphagnum moss in here without it all flopping out, without making a really big armature and um, making that work. But if you take burlap fabric, you can make yourself a liner that will hold water and nutrients, and it's pretty inexpensive. So go to that um, fabric store and find that burlap because it has the perfect shaped holes to allow the water to drain but still give you enough support to grow the plants. And ironically, I saw some of the plant distributors are using burlap now for the deck boxes and things like that. Well, you can do that yourself. And you can also, so here's another example. So, when I do a design for a customer, or I might do a custom design, I really am aware of the cost of a container because sometimes the cost of that container is three times what that is. And so I wanna be able to give them the most beautiful container and the most foliage and plant material 
But if I just spent $50 on a container, I'm not going to make any money. So I'm always looking for a really inexpensive container that they either can leave it in, um, recycle the pot, or you can have these felt grow bags. And these work really well to grow in. You can grow tomatoes in them. You can add holes if you need more drainage. They come in different sizes and different colors. There's a lot of fun colors for this product. Um, but also too, they can help hide a nursery pot. So if I have a three gallon pot that is doing perfectly fine and does not need to be repotted, I can simply just put this on it to um, hide that, that ugly pot. And then it just looks really nice. And at the, around the holidays, you can put like a little belt on it, like a snowman. And the black works for like a witch or a snowman. I mean, black always works well to kind of just conceal the container and draw emphasis to the point. Okay, where I, um, I've not seen those either. Is that an Amazon purchase? Is that um, a nursery purchase? Where would I find those? Amazon purchase, but I have seen them and you may have missed them because they may have folded them up. You see very simply inside that grower pot and it has little handles so I can carry it. That you, or you can add the soil directly and put your vegetables in or your Okay, what about adding, um, I was at the Dollar Tree, our junior's birthday is coming up, and there's always some things at the Dollar Tree that I go and look for because they absolutely um, add that pop of color, but what if you took great big red ornaments and put in the top of that with that grass? How fun would that be? Definitely, and you can do it with fresh flowers as well. Say you have a green chaffalera and you have um, the three for 10 bundles of moms at the grocery store. Pick those and put them down in the pot to add some color for an event. Those flowers will last without water for a few days. If you're going to have a barbecue or something, you can just add some foliage right into that shrubbery that's in that pot. So that's another fun tip to um, get some color to your containers. I love it. Okay, I have a lot of questions about um, succulents, and I wanted to ask you about succulents and your take on this precious little plant material. <laughs> okay, well, I personally love succulents, but if you really read about them, most of them originate from California. So where they're growing them is in much different conditions than Central Florida. We can grow them here. But the humidity, the rain, the extremes might be a little challenging. And we talked about the fact that I'm a little cheap. So frugal. I, yeah, one little pot can cost you between six and eight dollars. Well, I'm not going to be satisfied with that. I'm going to want them all and I'm going to want it in a big display. So that's going to be hundreds of dollars. And if I miss a watering or I didn't plant them right, they're going to poop out on me very quickly. So I have found. I pick my successes. The things I know are grow well, those are the things I typically keep around me. And just because I can grow it doesn't mean I want to put so much effort into it. So I created, but I do love succulents and I like them in my house. This is like a little memory board. Oh. Um, so I can pull the picks out. 
and I have been collecting these succulents. So as I go shopping and I, um, when I, I found that these, these types of things are great memories on vacations. Like if I always try to go to a garden center or a little garden shop or something that has plant life of wherever I visit. So I actually bought these in Cape Cod. So I found, I had the car stop and I wanted to go to this little New England floor slash nursery. And he had the most uh, ethereal little shop. And inside that florist, a lot of these succulent, little fake succulents were for sale. And I just knew they were high quality. They looked very similar to the plant. And they fit really nice in my suitcase. So they didn't weigh much and I was able to get them on my carry-on and it's no big deal. So these are the kind of things I purchase when I travel and I wanted to put them in a design and I have put them in different vases. I've done different things with them, but I love the look of plants growing vertically on a wall. That me being me, I don't want to water plants vertically on a wall. <laughs> it's wet, it's just a recipe for disaster. So I think fake plants are very appropriate for growing vertically on a wall. And I had purchased this little memo mail slot um, to put mail on and I decided I didn't want clutter by my front door, so I never used it. But it worked beautifully to put the pics of the succulents and this color tone with the wood is kind of like, and the burlap is very pleasing with some of the other decor I have in my house. And then I had a friend um, give me an orchid, and I thought this was a fun little pick. It says, plants are my buds. So um, as people give me things, these are like the little sentimental things that I will add back into a design. So you can buy plants from all over the world. You can incorporate things that are that memory. Um, and my sister and I have a plan this fall, winter, to relocate some of my mom's irises into her beautiful garden. So we, you know, always jot down notes within the season, things you see, things you want to do. You may not have time to do it this year, but you can plan for it next year, which leads me to one of my favorites is bulbs. So my last name is Holland, and I like to think that maybe my ancestors traded tulip bulbs because I love tulips, and I love all bulbs. Um, and Linda, when are we setting up that uh, girls trip to Holland to go see all the bulbs? Definitely. When we can travel again, we're going. Norway too. So um, I have these caladium bulbs. Oh, I love caladiums. They're one of my favorites. Bulbs. And this um, series of bulbs, these are proven winners, but they, these are growing commercially, 85% um, of flading bulbs originate from Central Florida. Um, and so our friend Clay works for Classic Caladiums and I went to go see him at their open house. It's always in August and they have their bulbs timed so all the visitors can come and see what they're trialing, what they're working on and what they're selling. And there's not a lot of information about bulbs. Like if you Google stuff, about bulbs and caladiums in particular, you're not going to find a lot of information. Um, but what's amazing is the amount of research 
and R&D that's gone into these varieties grown at Classic Palladium is one of my favorite growers. Um, just a labor of love. He's figured out how to use these bulbs and the, each bulb has a little hourglass window of how long they're gonna perform. So as a child, I remember digging these bulbs up here with my mom and we would put them in peat moss and dry them down and store them for the next summer. And to me, it was always a spring summer crop. But that's when we planted the bulbs and watered the bulbs. But if you were to hold them in storage and plant them a little bit later, this is a beautiful fall crop. But you may not see these plants growing in the fall in your particular garden center, but here in Florida, we can grow them in the fall. That's when they do the open house. So it was like a light bulb moment. Like you go to the open house and they have acres of these palladiums blooming, but that's not the season typically we grow them in our landscape. And it was like, well, why is that? Each of these bulbs has that window of how long they're going to perform in the landscape. And then when they're done, they're done. And that's what I love about them. When you put these in a hanging basket, it's one of the scariest designs. You might have in our big baskets, we might put like 25 of these caladium bulbs in the basket and the little eyes are poking out the side and it doesn't look like anything. But you gotta water them and moisten them and tend to them and keep them warm enough so that they'll start to emerge because we plant them like February, March. And then by June, they would go out on show. So, you know, one day they'd be nothing and the next day they're fully covered. Well, that just makes your heart pound with excitement when you see them finally come into color. Um, but there's great varieties that have been developed to grow in full sun. So a lot of people think of this as only a shade crop, but some of these green winners, um, there's varieties that specifically have been bred for the characteristics to grow in full sun, which I find just amazing. And it's a whole nother way of growing a plant that, you know, your grandma grew it in a different way, but with all that breeding and research, you can try it differently in your landscape and have success. So those are the fun things. And I would say a good source for using a particular plant you love, like a hibiscus or a camellia, is go to one of these um, society plant society clubs. Um, some of them have Zoom meetings. You can get so much information that's not in a textbook or a publication from people that have grown those plants their whole life. So in the South, camellias are very popular. We have them growing beautifully here, but we're in fall now, so I'm thinking winter they perform in December so they're going to be blooming in the winter and it's breathtaking you know one day it's a green shrub and the next day it's full of bloom so these are the things that seasonality you want to incorporate into your landscape and some of them have fun names like yuletide because they're time to bloom around Christmas mm -hmm. so great components that your kids would really love. Hey, the Yuletide's blooming today. I mean, these are ways you can get your family excited about working in the yard. And, and um, what a, exactly, what a great tip. Um, I, I know that the, every time we move, the kids always say, okay, what are we planting here? And at this point, and I know that I'm kind of a plant 
I love plants. So when we go, but they remember different flower beds and what was growing in each thing. And this is not to say that you go out and buy six or seven new plant materials in each season. Find one that you want to love on or research or like Linda said, maybe your grandmother or your mom or an aunt, you know, you had a fond memory. I love caladiums and I love hostas and every, and a juga. So this is a great plant. This is called a sun hosta. And in Florida, we think about hosta. I mean, I've lived in Pennsylvania up in the Northeast and hostas are very common in a more Northern that those breeders again have been developing this beautiful plant that can tolerate sun. So don't assume that just because you only know it from up north that there isn't a version that would grow in Florida. So this little sun hosta does beautifully and it is a great complementary plant to other, um, all these other colors and it's a fun variety to look for that sun hosta. So I just plucked him out of one of my mixed containers. So you can see um, this is another one that also speaks to a theme. So if you think about that being a northern plant, it's going to evoke that emotion with you. So we have fields of this one growing at the American Adventure Pavilion, because obviously that would be a, you know, Virginia under the deciduous trees. This is one that helps tell that colonial story. So when you're planting, you can go to the next level of trying to tell a story in your own landscape or your pot. I think it's always fun to um, throw it up a notch and have a story why you picked that, right? Right, and when people come to visit you then, then when you're showing them your, you know, what you've been working on, you have a story and who knows where that story can, I mean, they might be like, I have to have that plant and then they go put it in their yard and that's fun. All right, Linda, I, oh my gosh, I know you are dying standing outside, but I appreciate your time and I cannot wait. Surely we're going to do this again, right? We're going to do another plant show and tell. Sounds good. Love, uh, you. love you. Bye.